Hey, it's Ido. So I think you remember we were headed into this forest with, um, I think there were a gnome or something. Um, we found the question box and I asked it a question, um, about my father, um, and it was fine. <laughs> anyway, um, we were supposed to bring it back to the emperor until this, this monkey stole it right off my back. Can you believe that? Anyway, we chased him down in a sick chase sequence. I'm not going to lie, it was awesome. And it turned out he's actually a hobgoblin called Mole, who can transform into animals. And he works for Amnity, you know, that one guy who, like, I totally know, and the rest of my friends don't know, so I felt really cool about that. Um, but anyway, we got the box back from him, and we made it back in time for the funeral. And I definitely did not cry during the speech, so, uh... everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Jason Breffitt's Parchment Company episode 22 Smoko 4 bit of a stretch and a walk around <laughs> my name is Penny D I am your DM and if I could cast one D&D spell like just as part of my like natural ability set I would pick Tense's floating disc because I hate carrying shit and it's just <laughs> a little platform that follows me around I can put stuff on it you know, if you want to hang out with me, you don't want to walk, you just hop on the platform. If I go shopping, I don't need any man to carry my parcels around, just put them on the platform. I don't know, I quite like a man to carry my parcels around. Yeah. I wonder if I like they ran sideways, I could like behead people with it if I oh went fast enough. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. A new, a new and interesting <laughs> use of Tense's floating yeah, disc. Yeah, essentially just like a floating disc behind me that I would find ways to cheat. <laughs> um, how can I follow that? Um, hi, I'm Nate. I play Flindla, the halfling bard, and your favourite salesperson, hopefully. And I would choose Comprehend Languages, because I think I'd make bank as an interpreter, and I'm all about accessibility. And I'd love to swap jokes with people, no matter what their base language is. It'd be awesome. My name's Liz, and I play Karen, your favourite dwarven barbarian and local dwarven cheese expert. <laughs> if I could cast any spell in D&D, I would cast, I would cast Speak With Animals because I want to know what on earth my cat is talking about at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I just want to know. I can tell you he's hungry and bored. <laughs> but I want to tell him, shut up and cat. <laughs> Hi, my name is Stephanie and I play Frankie, the now official artificer. Uh, I, if I could cast any spell, it would have to be Wish so then I could just cast any spell. Are you okay with that being, <laughs> though, like, the, literally the first time you do it might be the only time you get to cast it? I mean, oh. yeah, but that's just my luck of like, okay, I'll have this wish forever, I'll cast it on, like, a cantrip or something random, and then never be able to do it, and that I feel like that's my luck as a person, <laughs> so. <laughs> high, high risk, possible high reward. I actually think that Tense's Floating Disc is actually better than Wish, because I'd never lose that. Also it's level one, so I cast it a bunch of times per day. That's, that's true. Technically superior spell to Wish. But I don't know, what if somebody you love died 
Where they should Put their go. body on the disc. Take him around with you. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my God. Um, hi, I am Poppy. I play Ido, the tiefling rogue. And um, it doesn't sound as original now, but I would take tongues. Because <laughs> I... Oh, one of my dreams, languages are way too hard to learn, but I would love to understand anyone. Mm. That would just be so nice and open up so many more opportunities. And I'm sure that people are talking about such interesting things in their own language. But on the other hand, I can talk to my cat. Yeah, but I know that animals love me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this isn't a D&D podcast. It's a D&D podcast. <laughs> So, what do you say we all play some Dungeons and Dragons and do a little bit of a Smoko episode? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Please do it. It's the next morning following the funeral. You finally got to sleep in your rooms at the Old Pickle Jar, and everybody except Frankie is enjoying a nice cooked breakfast in the dining area. It's around uh, 7.30 a.m. Idafa, just roll me a quick charisma save for you, please, bud. That, oh, God, really? <laughs> You're tired. I, I guess I am. That would be seven. <laughs> Idafa, you realize that the question box isn't in its proper place. Mm. You need to put it back. It simply does not belong in the case that you have it in. Uh, and the spot where you found it is a much more fitting place. Uh -oh. oh man! <laughs> hey guys, um, I'm just gonna nip out for a quick walk. I'll be back in a bit. Uh, what, what are you doing with my suitcase there, darling? Um, I don't know, I just thought like having some extra weight would, you know, help me build some muscle. Well that's good, but um, not with my suitcase. It's very expensive and I don't need it rattling around on the ground. So if you can just bring that back. Please. No. Yes. And he walks out. Uh, Karen's definitely going to go straight after him. Take that back. Cool. So uh, roll a contested uh, strength check. Sure. <laughs> Good God. Well, that's a 12 from Karen. She's you not a three. Okay. <laughs> Karen, uh, you take the. Uh, suitcase with the question box, mm. like you grab it from Idafa and take it from him. Uh, Idafa, now that it's out of your position, the urge to return the box to the dice fades. Oh. Okay. Oh, sorry, Karen. Here you go. Well, what was that about, darling? Um, I think I might just be a bit hungry. I'm. You're in the gonna... middle of breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get. I've, well, I've walked off from. I've walked away from the table, so I'm gonna have walk back to the table to get back into breakfast. Okay. Well, uh, sort sort those emotions out while you're still young, darling. So. <laughs> It's okay, you're still learning, and uh, sooner or later you'll find out the difference between um, He's needing to by now. have a walk oh, and <laughs> Okay, bye. Well... Flinch is coming into some pancakes. Uh. <laughs> what was that? Frankie, you weren't at breakfast uh, because you were at the Artifice Supply Store. Mm. Uh, as Quisp asked you to do. You're in the bottom floor at the Gizdark display part of the Artifice shop. Um, you're sitting on the ground and making a Warforged arm out of toilet rolls and uh, wire. Yep. Quisp uh, was pleased uh, that you made the time to go over and see them. Of course, I hope we, you know, can remain friends and correspond with each other once I leave. I'd really appreciate it. Oh, that sounds, that sounds lovely. Would, do you, are we just going to write letters the old-fashioned way, or should we, like, invent ways to send messages back and forth, or...? Okay, 
yes and yes. So the old fashioned way, but we invent ways of writing letters and sending them. I love this. This is going, this is, this is going to be so fun. Great, this is gonna be great. I was wondering if I could ask you a favor. Yeah, sure. That compass I gave you, mm -hmm. do you think that you could, I want to see it go around the world. I'd love to know what else it can find. Well, I plan on not staying at the paper factory all my life, if you know what I mean. Hmm. I actually, I actually do, because it's fairly obvious. <laughs> There's no metaphor there. You're right. Uh, you know, I just feel like with this newfound vigor I have for inventing, I could go anywhere, anywhere. And I'm only here for now because I feel I've got an obligation. But as soon as that obligation's done, hey, we could travel. The world is your oyster, young man. Yes. You're already a better inventor than me. Oh, not how old are you? You're like, what, 17? 22. <laughs> Does your like type of human not grow facial hair or? I just find the cleaner look is better because you know, I don't have beards and hairs getting into. I suppose you would have to think that. <laughs> Frankie wells up a little bit. <laughs> Frankie, Frankie, gets, Frankie gets roasted. I didn't come here to be roasted. Quisp is like, it's it's gentle ripping. Quisp is, uh, has enjoyed making a new friend. Quisp is, is currently you. Uh, wrapping little cardboard like bits to make the fingers and the, um, you guys are like doing a little like uh, arts and crafts project together Cute. while you banter. Uh, Chris, can I ask a question? Yeah. You wouldn't have to have any spare, like, eyeglasses around, would you? I want to make something for a friend. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, aisle four? Uh, right down the end on the bottom. Oh yeah, cool, thanks. Just take them. It's oh, fine, you cool. don't need to thanks. Take. I was gonna believe something. But yeah, they're cool, cool. I'll, Chris, Frankie tries to think of something razzy to say, but he's too sensitive <laughs> and his feelings are hurt, so he's just gonna, you know, <laughs> weakly on the shoulder just to, Chummy, like chummy fist. Yes. <laughs> uh, Quisp actually comes with you, like down the aisle, oh, like, pointing, out, <laughs> pointing out like cute stuff and like these are my favorite type of screw and things like that. Cool. I actually like the three quarter inch myself, but you know these are just fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like a chunk bolt. That's that's what they're called. <laughs> I I know tools. What, what's your favorite uh, screwdriver? A flathead. Yes. Same. <laughs> is that a real one? Yeah, it's a real one, yes. Nice. <laughs> I did it. So sometimes I like Phillips, but you know, flatheads just, just get They just there. hit different. And that's just, just like that band. You know, there. because sometimes when you're using the Phillips, you, you catch the thread and then it just that's cool, pulls the whole thing. Flathead, nice and straightforward. Turn it, it's done. I've got at least seven flatheads in various sizes. You <laughs> can't go wrong with a flathead. Invented by, uh, uh, by Mrs. Uh, Beatrice Flathead, uh, just like the Phillips was invented by Mr. Phillips Phillips. <laughs> so I'd like to imagine that would have been like something Frankie said, yeah, it was invented by Flathead Flat McGee. <laughs> it's invented by Flathead Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you do ever see some creepy bastard stretched out like gum, would you let me know who they are? I would like to get them with my cheese grater. Yes, yeah, that cheese grater though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I definitely would. You know, 
when I get home, I'm gonna go into my kitchen and I'm gonna pack my cheese grater so I can always have it just in case, just for you, Chris. That's a good lad. Be careful out there. Rum the Wizard was no joke. No. He was a powerful person. Once upon a time, him and all his friends followed a warrior called Usiah Jet to the end of the world. And I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what they did, but one day he came back and he was a changed person. Leaning, listening intently. Oh, I don't say. I only met Usiah once or twice. Seemed like an interesting person. I've heard, yes. Very motivated. Motivated, that's a good word to use, yes. Yeah. Oh. Frankie, you've leveled up to level six. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your level up and what that includes this time around? So, Tez, when we first started playing this, Artificial was not official. It was still UA, and it is now official. Uh, official. Official. I can't say the word now. Uh, legit. Legit. <laughs> it's legit now. Um, I've had to do a little bit of rearranging with my spells and stuff, but you know, it's all good. So now I get. Not much, so it's like just double proficiency on any checks I get with tools, and I can make two random elixirs each day as opposed to one. So cool. look out for that. Um, is there anything major that you don't have anymore that you used to have? No, no, I thought I didn't get Flaming Spear, but I do. And that was the one that I really liked because I like the mechanics I made for it, so. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What, what, was, what was the thing about hands? Hands, oh yeah. Uh, hands is... Uh, Infusion? Uh, infusion, yes, that's right. He's an infusion and not just something I get, but that just means I can't make as many infusions because I'll always have him as one of my infusions I've picked. But you are sort of just keeping him as he is? Yeah, yeah he'll be there. there no changes to him <laughs> unless, you know, something happens to him and then I have to make a new one, but it'll be Hans 2.0 and it might be slightly more creepy or less creepy depending on how you see him. <laughs> Would you like to ask anything else of Quisp or make any plans with Quisp before you head out of town? No, just the, you know, we'll keep in touch. I'll give Quisp my address. Here's my address. Uh, you should start the correspondence. You know, and then I'll try and see what you make and then see if I can, you know, and then we'll just go from there. I will get to inventing. Get to inventing. I can't wait. They hand you a small bag with 100 gold in it Ooh. and uh, ask you to split that with your friends. <laughs> Uh, and so this is this is this is all I can pay you. I know for you big city folk, uh, it's not much, but I think that you deserve it for, you know, everything that you've done for me. Thanks, Quisp. I'll see you around, Frankie. I'll see you around. That is Bye, so Quisp. sweet from Quisp, especially because Frankie is like. I make that noise. Oaky smoky poor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when, how can he be poor? He makes the same amount of money that you do. It's true, but Karen comes from money. Yeah. And, and all of Frankie's money goes on his dad's alcohol habit. That's true. Or like, his like, he doesn't have a lot of money. <laughs> so very true. I imagine he probably has some debts to pay off. Yeah. <laughs> So by mid-morning, you're back on the road. Janderson seems lighter, less burdened. He chuckles excitedly about the Maureen Oakfell Trust, uh, mm -hmm. and he hopes that naming it after Bob's daughter won't be taken the wrong way. Oh my god, that's who it was. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's, uh, it's very good uh, to bring attention to 
the specific people that are affected by certain people in our society. It's, it's her name, it's a story that happened to her, and everything that this foundation is doing is to make sure that nothing like that happens again to other young women. I'm, uh, I'm going to need a little help. I'm setting up a brand new foundation. I have a bunch of money to put into a trust, and I'm going to need people that I can trust to help me distribute it. Hmm. Uh, I'm not quite sure yet who to put in charge of a large, you know, account of money to give away mm. because I want to make sure it's someone that I know is going to do the right thing if anyone wants to apply for that kind of job <laughs> uh, be sure to let me know I'd love to write some policies and procedures for you to help direct the people to use it to be the best they can. That sounds excellent, Flinvar. We'll talk some more about that a little later. I'm going to write up front uh, for a little bit, just on the way back to Bullswell. I know I've already said it, but thank you all so much for being here. It's been... It's been a trip. Oh, you can say that again. And thank you very much for inviting us um, to spend time with your family and join you during this time. Oh, that reminds me. Um, and he pulls out uh, a couple of uh, like hot pies oh. that his mum prepared and like oh. hands them out, small pies for oh. the trip. Uh, Karen, Sweet or savory. Karen, uh, you, you, get the, your, you bite into yours and yours has ribs in it. And you get the feeling that even like you only met her like <laughs> yesterday, his mum is definitely making fun of you in some way. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, not a usual flavor or sensation for a pie, but it's regardless, it's very good. And she like <laughs> uh, daintily puts a rib out the window and just kind of <laughs> the bone and just kind of drops it. What's wrong? It's just bones. Biodegradable. <laughs> we left dead T Rex around. I'm sure it's not. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, that night, you stay in Bullswell again stays mostly uneventful except for Karen the next morning you mm. attempt to hire a cart back to Ixingnia uh, before the rest of you realize what's happening you exchange the bag again who mm. takes it this time I can sure it's <laughs> an awkward silence yeah I'll help with the bag so I'll, I'll help to carry stuff because I've got so uh just everybody roll me a quick arcana check Ooh. oh I don't know nothing about nothing about our corner that's a flurry from Karen that's a not natural 20. Nice. Oh, same. That's a four. Okay, so the smart people. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, ha! magic no, uh, yeah. Frankie, and, Frankie and Flynn, uh, pretty much judging by the times that this happened, because Flynn was around the first time, mm. um, after 24 hours of holding the, like being in position of the question box, uh, the bearer is overcome by the urge to return it to its dais. It seems to be like a built-in curse of some kind. Mm. Definitely lines up with what Dear Wayne already told you about it. Like a compulsion. Yeah. Mm. Karen, when it happens to you, it didn't feel out of the ordinary at all. You were like, oh, cool, time to take the thing back. Yeah. Like, there was nothing to fight. It was just like, oh, I'm just going about my business. Oh, well, see, see you later. I'm just going back to Ixnir real quick. And, yeah. uh... and so the rest of you guys kind of figured out like what was happening. And so now you're prepared for it. You know that tomorrow morning you're going to have to take it from Flynn. Otherwise, he's going to try and go back. Yeah. So uh, after one final day of travel, uh, you, re you find yourself back in New Miss City late on Friday afternoon. 
Janison himself is dropped off first and he asks the cartman to take you wherever in the city you'd like to go. You're currently in the North District, uh, not too far from the palace, so you're welcome to go there uh, as your first errand. That would be a good idea. Yeah, we should probably so, get rid were of we, that. Were we supposed to go to the palace to drop it off? I don't actually... The note said you have to take it to the palace. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. It was, sorry, I, I guess I forgot. I just... Can I just rewind a bit as just, just to make it a thing? So while we were traveling, I would be um, doing one of my infusions yeah. uh, with the glasses to make what it only takes an hour to make uh, Eyes of Charming. Okay, cool. Aww. So you created an Eyes of Charming item? Yes. Can you send me the specs for that? Yes, I will. The specs for the spectacles? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have fun. <laughs> so you guys head to the palace. Uh, Emperor Timonius' palace is, as expected, the most opulent building in the entire city. The compound uh, that the palace is in is surrounded by a large spiked wall and in the very center the marble and sapphire towers uh, glint garishly, decreeing a level of wealth and power that none of you could even fathom. And you get there and you're looking through the big cage gate and you're kind of like, well fuck, now what? Yeah. <clears throat> Karen clears her throat and she says, <clears throat> uh, uh, My name's Karen Stonecutter. Uh, Who are you talking to? Just yelling at the palace. <laughs> uh, my name's Karen Stonecutter. I'm here on official business with my associates. Uh, we have been summoned. Behind you, you hear someone say, Psst. Oh. <laughs> Sitting across the street from the palace entrance oh. in a grand cafe, sits a beautiful, exceptionally pale woman mm -hmm. smirking at you knowingly. She's dressed a little out of place for what's probably the most real expensive real estate in the city. She's wearing a black hoodie and running shoes and like tights and stuff. What? Somehow though, on her, they seem kind of trendy. Um, her dark eyes seem very familiar, oh. especially to you, Artifa. <laughs> oh, it's the administrator, isn't it? It's mm. not the administrator. Oh. <laughs> Is it the assassin? Roll me uh, insight check. We got a good look at that lady. Oh. <laughs> All of us? Yeah. No. Mm. 12. 11. 4. Unnatural 20. Yeah, Idafa, it's the assassin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You recognize her, you know her eyes. I'm just like... You know what? Across the street from where like the palace entrance is, there's just like beautiful like... You know, if I say a French cafe, do you guys know what I mean we know by that? Yeah. yeah. Like a Paris city street cafe, beautiful place, and she's just sitting at a table out the front, just waiting for you, and she's just smiling at you, and she's like, well, do you have it? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to stand, I'm gonna like kind of hang back a bit, because last time. Don't be shy, sit down for a bit. Down for a bit, thank you, like. Sit down for a moment, put the bag on the table, it's all just... Have a second. Or we could just drop it off and leave. The assassin uh, sits sipping your tea, uh, smirking at you all, and just maintaining eye contact with you. So I'm just gonna sit down and then order a really expensive coffee on her table. <laughs> uh, she uh, like kind of smiles at the like uh, gusto that it takes to uh, operate with such bravado. <laughs> well, uh, you ordered and we delivered. Uh, one question box. Signed and sealed. Put the bag on the table, will you? Flynn? Ooh. <laughs> they they kind of like look at your suitcase like, ooh, okay, tacky fashion, but alright. <laughs> oh 
<laughs> what do you want from us? Good God. It's a plain black suitcase. <laughs> it's my yeah, funeral suitcase. She doesn't like it. Uh, but she, she keeps sipping her tea. She doesn't really say anything else to you. She just like keeps looking at you or like just maintaining eye contact with each of you. She finishes the cup. She gets up. She picks up her own handbag and looks inside of it. Ooh. Silver, thanks you for your service. Have a terrible day, Dinkuses. And uh, she takes a couple of steps away. And then she turns around and she says, Oh, and Mrs. Stonecutter, Ooh. I owe you an axe wound. Uh-huh. Smell you later, peasants. And she gets up, like, flops a bag over her shoulder and just, like, walks off down the street, not a care in the world. What a bitch. I sincerely hate that woman. <laughs> inside check, everyone inside check on IFA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a 10, but I think that's enough. Yeah, yeah I got a 6 too. I'd have already told the truth. You can get hate burners, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, there comes a time in every young man's life when he hates the woman that he also Okay, wants. so <laughs> did she even take the box? No, she, picked, she took her own handbag. Yeah. Uh, Flynn, you pick up the uh, suitcase and it's like, significantly heavier. Oh, I need... Uh, okay, this is... I might need help carrying this around. Oh, what? Oh, what, what, what could possibly be? And Ida tries and says, oh. oh, what? Oh, what? 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 She puts in there. Uh, you look inside and it's got 5,000 gold and a very tidy note oh. uh, decreeing uh, payment for a task well done. Like the same handwriting as was on the initial note. Oh my god. And I quickly close the bag and be like, we, we should probably go somewhere else. With can I fit the whole bag in the. Like, can I. You can just put the gold in the bag of holding, it's fine. Like, the. Okay. You have money, is essentially. Like, <laughs> so it's 5,000? Yeah, 5,000 gold between the four of you. Do you guys want to put your own shares into the bag of holding so you can get them out? Yes, please. So you just calculate. stand on the side of the road of this French cafe, yeah. counting gold coins. No! And adding them to a magical, like, other dimension that you have on your waist. No! no. Let me roll the luggage away. Yes. Um, it's 1,250 gold each. I had to do that. What was on that? 1,250 oh, yeah. gold each. I had to do it on the calculator because I'm not very good at maths. That's why I play D&D. &D. Oh, yeah, and also that 100 gold... Oh, 25 each? Do you yes. want us to have it? Or are you going to tell you gonna, Are you going to yeah. keep it? Oh, Crisp said she would pay this to us. Aww. Uh, that they would pay it to us because this is all they had and they wanted Aww. to be We nice. should really send this back to Crisp. I don't know if that would... I don't think we should get it. Instead yeah, we should, we should send her something. Frankie, did you get her address? Them. Them's, them's address? <laughs> <laughs> Then, you get them's address. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. No, I only try gave them mine. Oh. Well, well they'll write back. We we have an agreement. Yeah, if if you if you get a letter from them, let us know and we'll send them a gift. Absolutely that sounds like a lovely idea. <laughs> so what now? It's Friday. You don't have to go back to work today. How are you gonna spend your weekend? Oh that's hey. nice. Karen is going to spend her weekend trying to find Uzziah Charity. Uzziah Cherish. Uzziah, sorry. Charity's dead. Charity, Stephen Charity uh, is dead. Karen is going to spend her weekend, she's going to try and find Uzziah Cherish. Okay. Because she has a favour to ask of him. You're actually like near the main guard station right now. Mm. So while you're in the North District, uh, you just walk on into like, you know, Guard HQ. Yeah. You have a look at, you know, because he's a captain, so his location and his schedule is publicly posted. Mm. You find out that he is, uh, 
basically set up to like just be patrolling the west district today sure. which is where you guys are oh actually the east district mm. which is where you guys are heading anyway because it's kind of where you live mm. so yeah you you do you go like does everyone else head home we can we can touch on you guys like individual scenes in a little bit but like just for the weekend does anyone else want to do anything in particular so ida would like to stop by the nice grocery shops in the northern district and get some nice food because he knows his parents have been really worried about him and he's going to make them a nice dinner oh that's so good take five gold off your inventory but yes amazing love that uh flynn so flynn's going to whilst um just opposite the he wants to go in and then use his sales techniques and the Empress Seal to go talk to a clerk and make some sales contracts. So the main palace is not accessible to the public, but you can go to like the visitor's center, I guess. Like nearby there's like a welcome to the, you know, grandness of the emperor type thing. <laughs> welcome to Dulac, such a special <laughs> Let's do that again. <laughs> Wipe your face. <laughs> Speaking of jingles. <laughs> Flynnva, what was it that you were hoping to achieve? You want to try and sell them some paper? Yeah, so I just want to like bank up some commissions. <laughs> well, you do have a fairly important meeting coming up shortly. But yeah, sure, you um, you drop a card into the information center. Uh, the really snobby clerk. Like, you are dressed well, and the snobby clerk is like, who's this poor person here in the North District? Like, you are... You are probably the most affluent out of everyone in the group and you're still kind of a little bit looked down on for being here But you leave your car behind and you offer to you know, you leave it leave a way to contact you uh, If they need any paper, I'm sure that will give you a call I'll roll a d100 on that a little bit later and see how that goes. Hell yeah, cool uh, Karen when you eventually do find uh, you say I cherish later in the day What is it that you want to ask them? I would like to ask him for access to Barbara's cell. So, Usai Sheriff tells you that there's a certain amount of time that all prisoners are held for uh, questioning, and at the moment, he doesn't know a lot about the case in particular, but he knows the timeline because you tell him. Uh, he says that uh, fairly soon, uh, visitation will uh, open up. What, what, what day do you think I'll be able to? Depends on how easy it is to process the crime, depends on how forthcoming she is, depends how good her lawyer is, it depends on a lot of different things. Do It'll you, be so. Do you think that if maybe I had a talk to her, she's, you know, you know, an old friend of mine, do you think maybe if I had a chat to her, you would be able to get me in a little bit sooner because maybe I could get her to chat about some important things? Never hurts to, never hurts to try. Roll me a persuasion check. Okay, fantastic. Uh, that is a 19 on the dice plus four, so that's a 23. Um, Usai Cherish promises to uh, submit a official request from his end, like from the guard end. Sure. Um, and he tells you that uh, that's all he can do. He's not a prison guard, so mm. he doesn't have any like sway with the warden or anything, but he will definitely do his best uh, to help you out in this occasion. Uh, thank you, Usai. It's uh, really, I'm, I'm worried about her, but. Also, I'm worried about her daughter, and I think it would be good to just have a little chat. I'll see what I can do. Thank you. Flynn, the week after the trip, 
after a whole lot of back and forth, <laughs> you have finally managed to rebook your appointment with the Ymir City School of Magic. Ooh. That you, the, an appointment that you're supposed to go to the day of the chemical errand. Ooh. You are currently standing <laughs> at the uh, main gate, which have rusted open and you're waiting for someone to come and retrieve you. You're like, you know, you've got your briefcase, you've got your samples, you've got your good hat, you have got your like charisma up and ready. It is like <laughs> a Tuesday just after one, so you've had a good coffee. You are ready to sell. Although, this is the first time being here in person, not as impressive as you would have thought. Uh, a shabbily dressed person uh, scribbling notes in a notebook uh, comes and retrieves you, introduces himself. He's like, hello, my name is Professor Tommen Rubey. You will be speaking to me about this order. Come with me. And you walk through. The, the Wizard School campus is really worn down. Mm. It's not well maintained. The dorms are all but empty and you can see guards coming in and out of them. Like the dorms have been commandeered by the town guards. They can have somewhere to crash when they're like around. It's like an on-duty sleeping space. And you, you head into like the main foyer. There's no one behind the front desk. They're like, so things are bad here. <laughs> tumbleweed blows yeah. off the screen. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> A tumbleweed comes down. It is high noon. Um, <laughs> so uh, Tommen sits you down, puts away their notebook. Uh, and throughout this meeting, they do occasionally pull it back out. And write down <laughs> a few more notes as they go. Uh, hello. What can I do for you, Mr. Onagon? Well, this is our chance to reconnect after uh, a while, but um, I want to rekindle our relationship around facilitating your needs and helping you to, you know, do the best you can for your spells and, and your students and whoever your other professors <laughs> in. Well, as you can tell from my demeanor, I am in desperate need of paper, which is why I've called you here today. Your demeanor? <laughs> okay, hold. It's him being excited. About yeah, it. He's, he's, he's like, he looks like Droopy Dog. He's just like... Incredible. Old, old Droopy face. <laughs> he's like, you can tell I'm very excited to finally be talking to you. And you know what? I appreciate your time and the time you're taking up from, you know, your research and I just want to cut to the, take, the, the chase and just show you the packages that we have to offer around what you can onboard into your system and not waste your time and just get straight to the chase. That sounds fantastic. I'm not at all a busy man. You see this notebook that I'm working in, it's not any kind of research. It's a novel that I'm trying to get published. I will be embezzling some of this paper to use in my novel. Oh, what's your novel about? <laughs> Flynnvai <laughs> just skips over there and bits like, okay. It's about a quiet professor who meets a gorgeous elven woman and whisks her away to an enchanted forest. Thank you for asking. What draft are you on? This is my 14th. So any decent writer would have at least 20 when you take away the editorials and the recommendations from a peer review. So how do we just write down an extra 200 reams on this contract just so... <laughs> We account for that because we can't stifle your creativity. No, not at all. I definitely will be using the paper that I'm purchasing through the school accounts in order to write and publish my own book. Thank you very much. Cousin's <laughs> like flailing inside because he's like, my honesty box is shaking. 
In order to continue with the school's research, we are in desperate need of quality parchment. We study Electrum, and we do produce scrolls, but almost all of the teaching staff have been converted to researchers at this point. I hate research. To <laughs> I was like, it's gonna be research. <laughs> you know, I would, as part of this role in finding the right paper for your needs of uh, all the professors and all the company uh, or institute members, um, it's really important for me to see the material you're working with so that I can adequately gauge um, the types of parchment you'll need. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, he, he basically tells you that he will need the highest quality parchment that is available, uh, the highest quality fibres, uh, produce the best magical effects. Mm. And he also um, pulls out a couple of scrolls. And by this point, you're kind of familiar with scrolls. You saw one that Barbara had I on her. You found a few. <laughs> you found a few in Marvelous's mansion. And like, you know all about them. These aren't that good. Like the ones that you've already seen, the ones that Marvelous is producing are way better than these. <laughs> For one, the text is not glowing. Mm. And on the other ones, the text was glowing. This researcher slash teacher slash novelist uh, <laughs> seems like really proud of this work. Romy Arcana. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm impressed too. Um, <laughs> nine. It might work. Like, the main thing is that the text isn't glowing on this like you've seen in the others. You are no scroll expert. Uh, but you see, you know, you know an opportunity when you see one. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna quickly try and memorize as much, or, yeah, I, can I keep the scroll? No, he's not. No, he won't let you keep the scroll. <laughs> it's illegal to take the scroll outside of the grounds oh, yeah, okay. of, this, of this school. So Flinver's gonna use his contract sales memory to take a mental picture of this. Cool. Um, it is a spell for levitate, Ooh. which is a second level spell that causes uh, things to be wayless. Uh, he mostly says that they use it to move large amounts of books from place to place. <laughs> he also tells you that in, within the school, the researchers have an electrum budget uh, oh. that they are allowed to use, but they don't dare cast magic higher than cantrips around the school uh, since it, the electrum budget is low it's like 10 each per year and you guys have been blasting through so much more than yeah, that yeah so you just sit there with a straight face being like wow it's nice to have so much electrum yep. good on you <laughs> that is such a rare material and oh my god i would want to use more on things like identify and legend lore and spells of that type but the archmage is gets awfully cross when we ask for more Electrum to add to our Electrum budget, you see. <laughs> I can say, I can see why you turn to being a world outstanding novelist if you're so stifled in your role. Will you, will you buy my book when it comes out? It's very good. Time will tell. Time will tell. I'm excited. I haven't found a title yet, but at the moment it's called The Elf, Hot Elf Babe and the Professor and the magic forest. <laughs> I think it's a strong title. I love when um, titles of books come from the story and it just evolves out of there, so, you know. I spend 17 pages talking about how attractive she is. That sounds right about then. <gasps> <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> the face that Penny makes when she does this voice is truly hilarious. I can't look at you for too long because I'm gonna burst out I don't laughing. Know what face I'm you're like, you're like, 
<laughs> Sometimes you gotta get into the character, it's, you know? It's so good. It's exactly the kind of face that he's making. Toman Rabbit is a deep and interesting character, mm -hmm. and he, I feel like he probably isn't working that hard. <laughs> so I'd like to finish off by making a regular quarterly amount of paper to be deposited here. How much for 10,000 sheets of paper? I don't know how much goes into a ream, but how much is 10,000 sheets every three months? 10,000 gold. <laughs> yeah, what is that? So as a salesperson, okay, I'd, let's I'd just Okay, let's that. just have a quick talk about the paper economy of this world. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, I was like, because Flynn would know this. So. Okay, so let's say, and he would go like on the you guys, for a week's work, mm. 40 hours, get paid 100 gold. Yes. But before you were the special chosen ones, you got paid 75 gold a week, yes. which is probably a living wage. Yes. Okay, now, based on that, what would you expect one sheet of paper to cost? One silver, one copper, less than that? A sheet of paper. One yeah. sheet of fresh paper. It depends on what the... Could we not do like a ream? Yeah. How, How much, much is, is a ream? ream? 100 sheets? Yeah, about. Yeah. Between okay. 100 and 250 or something. And in normal world, it's Well, like... it depends on the quality of the paper as well. I feel like because he's ordering the highest quality ones. Yeah, he's, maybe... he's, getting, he's getting the expensive paper. <laughs> maybe it is like five gold a ream or something. Yeah. But maybe it would be five copper a ream for the cheapo stuff. Mm. Okay, so he's getting the like high quality good paper. Because for some reason, this guy thinks that the expensive paper and not the good like research is mm. what makes a good scroll. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, they use it for re they use it for research, not just for scrolls, but they're using they're writing books yeah. and stuff. They're <laughs> working on the he's novels. Writing his book he's writing his romance novel. Living. Well, maybe it's maybe it's ten gold a ream, and that's a hundred sheets of paper. That sounds easy. Ten gold for a hundred sheets. We want ten thousand. I don't. I can't do that maths. Okay. No. Hang on. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, this is the time where we pull out our calculators <laughs> is to times a hundred by a hundred. This is the time. This is the time when Liz doesn't actually know what to put in her calculator to get the right results, so she just sits here. Okay, so ten thousand divided by a hundred sheets would be a hundred reams every three months. Mm -hmm. How much did we say it was for a ream? Five gold. Ten gold. Ten for the top. Oh, ten for the top. Ten yeah. for the top. Cool. That's one thousand gold every three months. <laughs> hey, look at us. We actually did like something we did within that. the economy of. Yeah. Well, is everyone happy with that? I love that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Cool. There yeah. we go. That's like that's the kind of stuff that you just don't get on other podcasts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this isn't a paper economy podcast. This is D and D podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. I feel like at, at this moment, paper company, well, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So one thousand gold every three months, ongoing uh, for ten thousand sheets of high quality paper. And you sign and note and, you know, get, you know, mm -hmm. stamped everything Doctors, you need to yeah. do for that sale. Uh, and you walk out feeling like a million bucks. Well, you walk out feeling like a thousand gold every three months. <laughs> yeah, so um, there will be a commission out of that. I do not know what that is right now. <laughs> We've done enough math. We haven't thought that far through. No, we definitely haven't. Because mostly we're just playing D&D. I'd put a percentage on it to make it. Okay, what do you think is a fair percent for you to make as the... Well, it would be It would be if you if you make a sale this much, it would be this much percent. Okay. I reckon 15% sounds like a pretty reasonable commission. That's big. Yeah, that's a lot. That's I would say yeah, 5%. Yeah. yeah. I know you just sold so much, I wasn't quite sure. Like, what is a reasonable amount of, for selling? 
five percent. Yeah, I'd say five percent. Oh my gosh! Because like real estate so, agents only make like yeah, but they're selling yeah, like three or four percent of dollars. Yeah. Some people only get one percent, but they're selling like they sold like the idea of the Barbie doll or something. <laughs> well, that's it's fifty gold every three months, which when you think about it, you make a hundred gold a week every three months. You just get a nice little extra like half a week bonus. But how often will he make uh, a ten thousand gold? Well, maybe it is often because it's a normal business meeting. Well, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, at the yeah. moment, I think the lower sales, you get a higher percentage, mm. um, but the higher sales, you get a lower percentage because it still ends up being a lot more. Yeah, and, and the business would want to cap it because yeah, they want to like so. people to achieve, but they don't want to be like bank. Running themselves into yeah. the ground. Your, yeah, your boss specifically is like, don't offer extra commission bonuses to Flynn. Yep. <laughs> he, he will do it. He will do it, and he won't go home and he won't sleep. And we can't pay him 24 hours a day. It's true. He would do that. <laughs> He'd be running contractors like 24 hours a day. Right, so what was the percentage? 5%, 50 gold every three months. Take an extra 50 gold right now. Um, and then once in a while, I'll just give you 50 gold <laughs> when I feel like three months have passed. Cool. Flynn, you've lived up to level, uh, level six. Yay! Can you tell us about that? Are you taking another level in Bard? Yes. Can I... Oh. I was hoping that I could have um, swung it that some of the, I forgot to mention it because I got caught up in the sales, but um, could I have seen some of the, my new spells that I got at the wizard store? But like not, maybe it was like in a library book as like, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't see any reason why you couldn't pick up a couple of scrolls, read over them and committed them to memory. Although it's pretty funny to think that they had like, like a cantrip and like a level one spell when I'm like, oh, level three. Let's say they had a few like spell descriptions. Like have you ever seen Avatar, how they have like the waterbending scrolls with like the movements and stuff that you have yeah. to make on them. Let's say that there's a couple of those scrolls up on the wall, they're collecting dust in the, uh, the foyer. Mm. Uh, and on your way out, you could take a few minutes to study a like, couple hey. of them because I believe at this level you're getting uh, magical secrets. Is that right? Yes, so I get two extra um, anybody class uh, spells. Which two are you taking? I took Fireball because I like um, Flynn. Yeah, like that from having the Nexus of Fireball. And last, last arc, you cast Fireball twice. It yeah. is not unreasonable <laughs> to think that you would have learned how to do it. Yep. Um, and also um, Absorb Elements, which is a reactional spell. Cool, nice. And I, we talked about this before we started recording. You get hit by element, you absorb it into your body, and then you add it to your next attack, and you cast it as a reaction. Cool. Don't forget to uh, call that out when you want to cast it. Because <laughs> okay. um, if we're like two turns later, it's too late. Just <laughs> fizzled out. Anything else major that you get uh, leveling up to level six? Oh, I also get counter charm. Which I think is basically just like something just to stop you from getting it, getting affected by charm. Which if you had against a vampire would have been really useful. <laughs> would have been really useful. Yeah, I'd have her. He's had some times. He has had some times. Kia ora, Penny here. To anyone who's been waiting for this episode, sorry for the delay. This is the last one for a few months and I hope you all enjoy it. Keep an eye on our Twitter. I don't have time for editing, but I'm still working on game stuff in the background. Expect a PDF for how to play your own game using our election rules and how to run your own chase scene to drop sooner or later. I'm also thinking about remastering the early episodes to make them a little easier to listen to. A personal message from me to everyone who has made it this far into our show. Thank you for being here. I still love D&D &D and this world and my wonderful friends who play in it and 
I've always had a little moment of pride every time someone mentions to me that they like our show or that they listen to it. We're currently playing the next adventure, which is called Hivewood Bound, and after we get a little ahead and things have settled down a bit in our lives, we'll be back to posting regularly again. In the meantime, please feel free to leave us a review or tag us on social media if you have anything to say. Music credits. Thanks to Corbin Kites for Staycation, Joey Pecoraro for Jazz Apricot, The 126s for A Call Is Upon Us, Ease Jammy Jams for Three Wise People, and Joan for Bonfire and Night Runaway, Jesse Gallagher for Crystal Towers of the Moon, Nathan Moore for Crack That Case, Steve Adams for Slingshot, Esther Abrami for Number 2 Remembering Her, and Regan McKinnon for our show's theme song. And at this one year mark since we posted our first episode, I would especially like to thank Liv Artisan Design, our official artist and my beautiful partner. This wonderful person has never been anything other than hugely supportive of my ideas and has given me so much free art and has helped me to flesh out all the stories and locations that you guys have been hearing. I cannot thank you enough, Liv, for all the joy that you have brought me with your support. I look forward to speaking with you all again soon. But for now, let's finish what we started. Karen, one day during the second week after your trip, you get a letter, not left on your pillow, but in the mail. <laughs> a public defender has reviewed your request for visitation for Barb and has asked you to come to the Dudgeons to discuss being a part of the defense. Uh, you wait till the weekend mm-hmm. because you still have to work. Oh yeah. Uh, and you Saturday morning, <laughs> get up and head to the Dungeons. It is, you get there, um, you get processed for a visitation it's not as scary as you would have thought. Like it is kind of like a business in its own way. Mm. Like everything's real, like paperwork, systems, you get moved through a couple of cages. You do kind of get a little bit freaked out as you like move through the like safety protocols. Like no one's scanning you for magic items here. Sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, you are like having to go, you know, lock, have doors locked behind you. Mm. And part of you is kind of like, this might be me one day. Mm. Like if, if I get if I get on the wrong side of the administrator and I get thrown under some kind of bus, I might end up here. It's not the goal. You don't go through general population. You basically get like shunted off to the side to a meeting room. Mm. It is a small stone room. There is a uh, well-dressed halfling, blonde-haired woman uh, just sitting at the end of the table, uh, just writing. Uh, doesn't seem like doesn't look up when you come in just seems to be working you gather from uh, evidences is probably Barb's lawyer mm. and on the other side of the table wearing a blue and purple jumpsuit uh, and you know by now is the colors of the Emperor sits your friend Barb she does not look anywhere near as fabulous as usual she's not allowed <laughs> makeup here her hair has become knotted like she's definitely not being abused mm. but yeah. she's not like she doesn't have access to like her regular beauty regime that she would be doing at home. Sure. She just looks down. Oh, oh, Barb. Uh, will you let me comb your beard? <laughs> the lawyer looks up and is like, just no passing contraband. Of course, of course. Verona Victory. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. My name's Karen. Karen Stonecutter of the Stonecutter family, of course. You you would know them. Uh, and then uh, the lawyer turns and like slides a single gold piece over to Barb and's like, 
Ten seconds. You said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bob, you know me too well. Karen is going to. So, the dwarven grooming is very important. Yeah. Dwarves. Um, so she's going to take out her little folding comb and just um, go over to Barb and start combing out her hair and combing out her beard, just making her look nice and clean again. Cool. And uh, as she does that, she says, Barb, I'm, I'm so sorry it had to happen like this. You, you know this isn't what I wanted. I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry about the party I'm sorry about Janderson Senior. I... Darling, none of that was your fault. You didn't know, I never told you what happened to Maureen. And you didn't know anything about it. Why on earth would you think that I asked you here to apologize? Because I'm your friend and I should have known and I should have been able to help you long before the party. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I never told you. I'm sorry that I acted fine. I'm sorry that I didn't ask you for help and I'm sorry that I used you to literally murder somebody. <laughs> oh. And the lawyer looks up and's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, Look, um. what did we talk about? What did we talk about? Admission of guilt. <laughs> okay, I didn't hear that. And neither I'm did going, I. I'm going to get up and leave. Okay. And the two of you can have some girl time. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> gathers up her papers and heads on It was good to meet you, Miss Victory. <laughs> oh, she's nice. Uh, how's, how's, the, how's the trial going? Is it, I mean, there must be something you can do. It's not like he was a good person. Yeah, they don't really take that into account when the charge is murder. <laughs> well... Look, uh, I'm being treated as well as can be expected. Good. I did get caught using imag legal magic in the city, <laughs> which is a pretty big no-no around here. Yes, I actually wanted to talk to you about that. I, I, I mean, your lawyer's not here now, and I doubt they can listen in. The walls are pretty thick. Where did you... Where on earth did you get that scroll from? I bought it from a criminal who was working for another criminal, I don't know. I went into a dark alleyway and there were people with suspenders and flat hats and they sold me a magic piece of paper and I didn't believe it would work. But then it did, yes. But then it did. And once you've started that kind of thing, you can't really cut it off anymore. Mm, that's uh... So I... I, I know about that more than you might uh, imagine. I paralyzed him mm. and Stephen Charity drowned him in the punch. Oh. And then you killed Stephen Charity. Yeah, that one was... I don't really have a good excuse for that one. He just knew what I'd done and I was worried he was going to throw me under the bus. Well... Plus he's kind of a twat, you know? He was kind of a twat. God, probably should never have been hired. Hired before my time, I never would have hired him. Anyway, did they tell you anything about who they were, what gang they were working for? Uh, they don't really wear like name badges or anything. I they, think they were know, all wearing suspenders. On the, on the off chance that the people that they are selling to get arrested and then they can be identified, mm. they really don't spend a lot of time. Look, they used they they said that they worked for someone named Marvelous, but like, 
who the hell knows who that is? Mm. <laughs> we work for a paper company. I don't know about you, but I don't know all the crime bosses in the city. Well, uh, <clears throat> and Karen kind of um, looks a little bit sheepish and she says, well, thank you for telling me. I won't bring that up with anybody, but it's, it's good to know that you aren't somehow manufacturing magical goods in the city. <laughs> like I would know how. Karen, I have, well, my lawyer and I have a request for you. Of course. I have uh, something that I want to ask you. Yes, yes, anything. And I don't want you to think badly of me for it. Of course. I want you to testify against the Jenison Reference Parchment Company at my court case. Okay. They okay. drove me to this. You know what they did was wrong. They took a someone who attacked children and they swept it under the rug and then <sighs> as soon as the probation time was over, they invited him back without even talking to me about it. And they didn't even tell any of us about it either. No. Janison Breffitt is a bad person. Janison Breffitt Sr. is a bad person. What are you doing? Janison Breffitt Jr. has just set up a new charity to help victims like your daughter. He wants to make amends for what his father did. He shouldn't dare bring my daughter into his money-making oh. schemes. If you don't let him do this, he's trying to smooth everything over and make it seem like he's part of the solution, but he's not. I don't think Janison Breffens Jr. knew anything either. He knows now. He does. And he's trying to make it something better. Trying to be better than his father. So you won't testify in my case? I didn't say that. I, I'm just saying that not everybody at the top is bad. But I do believe that you deserve justice from the board members. They were the ones who did this to you and your daughter. I will testify against the board. I don't know that it works that way, but I do appreciate I know how loyal you are to that company. Janison picked me up out of the very dark spot. Junior. Not senior, you know. He didn't he didn't ever talk to any of us. But uh, when that little gnome was just getting his start, he saw something in me that uh, I hadn't seen in a very long time and you know. But I understand. What's that thing that they say about sins of the father? Mm, something about that. I've never heard that saying before in my life. Has anyone heard that saying before? Yeah, yeah it's like sins of the father. Yeah. 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 Some, somebody, somebody says to me every single time, they go, you know that saying about sins of the father? And I go, yeah. And I've never heard the one. <laughs> I'm fairly sure it's supposed to be like sins of the father are not sins of the child or whatever. But I think in like... How does it go? I don't know. <laughs> um, is this what you're saying? It doesn't have an end? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to Google it. It seemed like the thing for Barbara to say, but you know now I, say. Penny, who don't know the rest of the saying, uh, feel a little embarrassed. No, it's fine. I also don't know that. Um, Sins of the Father from um, Rune, Runefest Wiki. Oh, no, that's RuneScape. That's, 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 a, <laughs> not, that's not the saying. <laughs> ah, the soul who sins shall die. The what? son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. It's like your sins okay, are your so own, your not your what your dad does is not your problem. Yeah. And also what you do isn't your dad's problem. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I... I... <laughs> 
Well, you know, I just learned something about that saying. I've been using it all wrong. <laughs> your sins, your sins are your own. They're not your family's, which I believe not only is a comfort for Janice and Breffitt Jr., but uh, might be for you as well. Karen, I have just one more thing for you. Of course. Your friend, Flinvar. Hmm? I think he knows magic too. I was dying. I got stabbed by a big sword and I don't have a single scar on me and he was right there. Please don't tell anyone about that. Do you know about this? Please don't tell anyone about Flimvar. He's a good person. He was just trying to help you. Karen, you've leveled up. Yay! <laughs> what do you get at level six? So I am taking a new totem. I'm taking the tiger totem. Ooh. Because Karen is fierce and loyal and she will defend her own. Like a tiger. Like a tiger. Tigers are loyal, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from New Zealand. I've seen a tiger. Uh, <laughs> so um, not only do I gain proficiency in a couple more things, um, <laughs> I also can jump three foot higher and ten foot further. You are while four ranging. feet tall, so that is impressive. Yeah, that's a big jump. Cool, okay. And I also can range an additional time of day. And I think that's all I get for level six. It's not gonna help you very much when you only have one electrum left, but it's true, but I have recently learned that Murphy probably sells Electrum. <laughs> well you've never asked him, have We've you? never asked him. I was gonna ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. That's where you get level level, level six. Yeah, I'm now I'm now uh, I have a bear basketball totem player and I have a <laughs> and I have a, a shark totem. Cool. Wait, shark? Shack. I thought you were like I thought you picked tiger, not shark. Yeah. What's another shack? You know the base the the basketball player, the basketball guy, the big boy. Yeah. With the sharp These teeth and the so like nice. big fins. Yeah, and the, swims and around the, the and ocean. The, and the smooth skin. Yeah. Um, shack, if you ever want to like say hi, totally feel free to. <laughs>
you have some things of mine. They've always been mine. And I don't think it up to you to decide whether or not you give them back to me. All right then, what have I got of yours? Do you remember the name that was written on the case that had those beautiful, gorgeous pieces of jewelry um, that you once put on? No. <laughs> well. But I can guess it's the name. It's the name Amnity Shul. Yeah. My name. Yes. It's in the notes. Noise. Those necklaces that you wear once belonged to me. Seems only fair that I should be allowed to reclaim them. Interesting you're trying to steal the bag though. They weren't in the bag and I'm sure you would have known that. I can't do anything about the ones you wear but there should be another. I'm sorry I tried to steal from you without talking to you first. The truth is more complicated than you might expect. Look, I do know where the other amulet is, but what... Talk to me. Yeah, talk to me, man. Like, what is your plan with this? Is it sinister? Should I be worried? I'm going to change the world. That is so vague. <laughs> Gonna change the world. Yeah, a lot of people have said that. Unless you're willing to come on board, I'm afraid you are not someone that I'm going to spill all of my secrets to. If you'd like to, you can join Mole. You can learn to upgrade your magic, and if you want, you can learn from him how to transform to animals. There are many things that I could give to you. You don't have to stay here. I'm not going to give up my freedom like that, but I want that. What can I do? Where am I? What do you mean? What is my situation here? How can I get that without becoming your subordinate? You're already a subordinate, Idafer. Would I... you rather pick up garbage at a paper company or help a revolutionary change the world? Give me some time to think about that. Fair enough. It would be nice to have you around some more. He's so creepy. He's a bit creepy. Where's Mole anyway? Oh, he's around. Your, uh, you and your friends gave him a bit of a wake-up call, so he's sulking. <laughs> I do feel a little bit bad about that. I'm sure he won't be far away. And I look around for any, like, animals that have white Roll, faces. Per roll perception. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I, hope he's, I hope he's sulking and not like sulking in a dungeon oh. somewhere getting punished. Yeah, there's an 18. You have a pretty good look around. Like you check, you know, there's there's a few birds and stuff, but like it's pretty easy to tell now that you know what you're looking for. Like mm. if there was a dog around, you could tell if it was mole or not. Yeah. Um, you don't see any animals. Uh, Amity appears to have come alone. Okay. So did you ask anything of the box? Yeah. I did. Was it you? Was what me? I think... Did you poison Quisp's father? I don't know who that is. Of course you don't. I guess you don't keep a track of all your victims. Oh! 
<laughs> Salty team coming vicious through. Mock, vicious mockery. <laughs> I have a list that is grander than you could possibly know. Oh god. What was his name? B Brum. Because... So that makes me think that amulets weren't really amulets, like they weren't his to begin with. But he put them in a nice box that had his name on it. Hey, <laughs> you can put anything in a box with your name on it, doesn't exactly. make it yours. Right. Possession is nine tenths of the law. No, it's not. That's not <laughs> true. 100% <laughs> true. I've said it, it's true. <laughs> it is law now. All right, so we're just standing in a dark alleyway. He's just sitting, smiling. He, like, enjoys your company like he seems relaxed you've got no idea what because you're so hostile and all your body language and everything very creepy and he's look like he's just sort of like hanging out and then he just says to you i heard you ran into master speck recently yeah you guys must know each other right oh he's a handsome man he's not bad looking but that's not the point <laughs> is he Look, we're trying to determine who the threats are in this city. Are you one of them? Is he one of them? It depends on who you think is a threat. Oh dear God. <gasps> this is our second time meeting and I've not laid a hand on you. I've not caused you any harm. So what do you consider to be a threat, Idafer? I'm... I'm considering that perhaps you could become a threat. I mean, so could you. Depending on who you ask, I'm sure there are a lot of people who would consider a tiefling wielding magic power and shooting fire from his fingertips to be a threat. Ado feels kind of flattered about that. He's like, well, feels a bit special, yeah? I'm a spicy boy. Um, <laughs> well, are we going to talk again? Would you like to? Ideally. If you ever change your mind about joining my little band, there's a place for you. Maybe not your companions, but I could certainly find some things for you to do. We're going to keep in contact. He is having a little trouble breathing at this point. Um, he, he's, he's like, his breathing has been getting like raspier as you've been having this conversation. Um, and he breaks into like a coughing fit uh, and he reaches into his pocket and he's kind of like blast it. And then he, well, he, say, he says blast it. And yeah. He, Pulls out like a little piece of wood and metal. It's like a little L-shaped thing, like an L-shaped tube. It's an island. Yeah. And he puts it to his mouth, uh, clicks in the top, and breathes, like does his best to like breathe in deeply. And when he exhales, there's like this sparkly blue, like gas escapes from his mouth. Wait, what was that? Life. Me. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> Me after like trying to run. Oh, I'm just beeping. Don't worry about it. <laughs> not not quite vaping. like a not not like a vape. Like a like the remains <laughs> of like a gas that he was. Yeah. Like when you do the inhaler and. Yeah. <laughs> roll, roll me some arcana. Okay. Bet it's made up of tiefling eyes. What? <laughs> no. Um, he said it was life. Yep. At thirteen. It's the same color as blue electrum. It's got okay. that same kind of like crackly, you know, vibe to it. How old are you? <laughs> I'm an elf. We live for a long time. So vague, yet again. Okay. Okay, <laughs> fine. I am 199 years old. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool to know. <laughs> How old are you? How old am I? Like 18? Yeah, I think you said yeah, I think I'm 18. Before. You're 18. 
I'm 22. <laughs> you are such a bad liar. <laughs> yeah, well... Do me a favour. Next time you bump into Mole, be a little nicer to him. He's sensitive. Man, fuck that guy. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> He's not used to having conversations with people other than me. Because the last time, well, one of the last times he spoke with Eumiasins, they threw acid in his face. Oh, I do feel a bit bad now. Yeah, they we did kind of... Him. We all thought he was pretty cool. You can tell Mole that we thought he was pretty cool. I'll pass that along. I'd be happy to meet up with him again. We will speak again, Ida Fabelsa. I'd like to hear your answer. Would you go out with me, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> and he gets up and he smiles down at you. And it's a weird smile, cause like you're a stranger, <laughs> but he's given you this like weird, like familiar, like- oh, Buddy buddy. Yeah. I guess I'll see you next time. If you want to find me, I'm sure I'll figure it out. Okay, well next time I'm not gonna be going to the bar by myself for a whole month. Just wait, I'll find you. All right. Don't call me, I'll call you. <laughs> oh my God, what am I like a booty call? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and with that, he gets up and he, you know, he's kind of shaky on his feet and he walks off around the corner. And by the time you like peek out to like see where he's going, he's just gone. <sighs> I really, uh, Need to sort myself out. <laughs> you do, and luckily you have a whole new level up to do that with. Hey! So, what does level six give to Idafa? Um, so Ida's gonna multi-class. Cool. cool. Where are you headed to, Idafa? He wants to get a level in Druid. Cool. Yeah. So you're gonna be uh, Rogue Five, Druid One? Yeah. What does that give you? Not a whole lot. Um, <laughs> I get some Druid cantrips and some Druid spells, which I haven't quite figured out yet. Cool. Yeah, have take your time, you can pick them later. Is this because you want Wild Shape? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I have to, I had to assume yeah. that you just want to be a cat most of the time. Pretty much. Yeah, that's, gonna be, <laughs> that's cool. So we can assume that that's what I'll end up being. Quick question, because it's been a month that we've been working, do we get an extra 400 gold? Yeah, yeah, so yes, I was gonna say, that. that's part of the thing. <laughs> it's been a full month after your trip that you managed to group together and get to Murphy's Honest Goods. You've all had scheduling conflicts and other obligations that have kept you busy, but here you are, with four extra weeks pay in your pocket, uh, walking into the shop. Yanis uh, smiles as you enter and points you in the direction of a bookcase. Ooh. You're expecting it to open up or vanish or like change shape, but it doesn't. Nothing happens. And you turn back to ask your niece what's up. And when you do, it's Murphy sitting in his usual back room, chuckling and smoking a cigar. Oh. Hey, I love this entrance. I fooled you. Ha! Ah, uh, my friends, what can I do for you? I love Murphy so much. Every time, Murphy, you get us every time. <laughs> Are you here to spend more gold in my fabulous store? Absolutely. And we're here to um, get some information as well. Oh, well, you know, I broker many things. By the way, speaking of which, how are these uh, new weapons treating? You. Pretty freaking good. She's a uh, pretty snazzy. Murphy, you've outdone yourself, darling. What can I say? I do feel like I know you pretty well by that point. <laughs> I think so too. You know, I am a little bit jealous because Frankie's one is so good, but I probably couldn't fire that. 
You know, my one actually, I'm the biggest fan of Flynn's. It's like a cool sword, it's got a big smile on it, you can insult people with it. That is, that is very good. It very is good. an interesting, interesting little piece of tech. <laughs> yeah, and he loves it. So, 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 he's used it so many times. Yeah, it's all he uses now. <laughs> See, that's the sound it makes. <laughs> so it's uh, it's shopping time. Absolutely. Um, what have you Feel got this time, Murphy? Feel free to look at the Murphy's Honest Goods catalog and uh, have a look at what you like and what you don't like. I'm obsessed with this one, which says skeleton key for 100 gold. <laughs> Let you dominate and command one d one d4 skeletons for 1d4 hours, one per day use. Note, does not work on the skeletons inside living beings. I checked. <laughs> I checked. Yeah, I kind of had to put a disclaimer on that one because people kept thinking that they could like turn around and use it to control me and it just, uh, stupid. <laughs> Ido runs towards the an item called Dome of Clownfish. <laughs> and he just thinks it's so cute. He's like, oh my God, what are these adorable little things? Uh, so it's a glass dome with tiny transparent clownfish swimming around a piece of coral. Um, the description says, if you shatter the dome, the clownfish will think you are its coral and will flit around you to a distance of 15 feet for 10 minutes. Hostile creatures who enter the field of the clownfish will start, uh, or start a turn there must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes 3d8 radiant damage. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage. That is a single use of this spell, um, Spirit Guardians. Got it. Oh my god, and the clownfish. And they take the form of clownfish, yeah. <laughs> clownfish, yeah. you cure! Uh, Flynnvarf, uh, Frankie, do you guys uh, have your eye on anything uh, in the new pile? Flynnvarf picks up the Braces of Sacrifice. Um, so that he picks up this, these braces, he kind of looks at me, he's like, oh, I always get smashed in the butt, in the face, with the coffee, <laughs> and he's like, mm, I... Who smashed you in the face with coffee? Oh, yeah, rough, rough, rough out of town experience. That's, uh... <laughs> no, I said who? Uh, yeah, yep. So there was a dragonborn involved, and it, it was oh, big. dragonborn, man, that was a cool little yeah, adventure you guys had. Big T-Rex, yeah. I feel like Frankie would be like, wasn't well, it you that splashed yourself? <laughs> It was a tough time. Oh, I mean, <laughs> what about you? He says as he's playing with the extra bow. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> um, so the Bracer of Sacrifice. Uh, inside this bracer, it has artwork depicting internal blades, but they seem to be just pictures. Uh, when you hit a creature with a weapon or a spell attack, you can sacrifice 4, 6, 8, 10, or 12 HP. You may roll one dice of the corresponding number and add the number rolled to your damage dealt. Yeah, pretty good. So it lets, you, it lets you sacrifice HP for damage if that's something that you're interested in doing. What's that you've got there, Frankie? That looks ominous. Uh, Frankie's <laughs> just like, I don't know, playing with the, the extra bone, because he's looking at two, because he wants two. Uh, so he's playing with the extra bone, and I'm like, this is just a bone that will may come in handy if I ever need to. He's, he's gonna try and make a joke, but he can't. Can you please read the description of an extra um, bone? A handy looking bone that wants to swap places with any broken bone and live inside you. It <laughs> will probably be weird about it. Frankie, I, that's pretty weird. Are you sure? Uh, I, I'm not telling you how to spend your money. Murphy, I'm looking for Electrum. We know it's, it's funny that you should mention that actually. I have, what, why don't you guys like spend your money, buy your <laughs> items, and then we'll have a chat about that. I don't have any to sell you right now is the short answer to that, but there is more. Okay. But help me make some money first, and then we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, of course. Murphy, um, we 
have some items that we've come across um, and we need to know what they are. I was wondering if you can help us out. Yeah, sure. I have my scales of identify right here. If you want to just line up, pop them on. You know what? Couple, I'll give you a couple of freebies. And uh, and then after that, look, it costs me nothing to operate this thing, so. But you gotta make money somehow. He says for money. <laughs> <laughs> and then come back and buy that. Some and Karen, Karen goes. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Look, I make money when you guys buy things from me. Yeah. Like, I tell you what, hand, hand him over. Hand him you over. shot me in the butt. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't like it. There are so many innuendos happening today. So, Flinvar like rustles. Oh, what am I guessing? Rustles a bag of holding. He opens the bag of holding and he pulls out some items that he's had since the get go that kind of forgot about. But yeah. he's doing an inventory because he's systematic. But Nate is not. So he puts um, a stone that shimmers like a pearl. Oh, I immediately know what that is. I actually have a pair of those in my new stock. Uh, and he like holds it up, and then he holds up two more that look exactly like it. And he's like, "This is a sending stone, my dude. Oh, just this one. is only one half of the pair, though. This is useless to me uh, without the other one. Who has the other one? I don't know who has the other one. How do we find that out? Have you tried talking into it? <laughs> I mean, no, no. Okay, well this is a sending stone. I don't even need to identify this. Okay, well thanks for that. And he throws it over to you. <laughs> Puts it back in the bag. And then there's this kind of weird shaped stone. More rocks. Is that the uh, grapefruit size Grapefruit, stone? The, yeah, that Flynn assumed was an egg shape. Uh, I've never seen anything like that before. Let's toss it on the scales and see what it does. I'm hoping it's a dragon egg. And he puts it on the scales. And not a dragonborn egg. I don't think this is magic. What? Oh, what, what is it? I mean, it might be a dragon egg. I've never seen one before, but mm. it's not an enchanted item. The scales aren't pinging. What else you got? How do we find out what it is then? Do we just try and hatch it? Have you tried breaking it? <gasps> it's stone. Have you tried breaking it? You can break stone, Flinbar. <laughs> My family name is Stone Cutter. It's not, it's... We actually do cut stone every day, that's our job. Do you, does anyone have a spell to see through things? Why are you looking at me? I don't do spells, I just hit things. Well, how to do look, hey, okay. I'm a magic <laughs> item collector, not a rock. Wreck. Okay, alright, I'll, I'll find a gymnast. You got anything a else? Gymnast. Um, yes, I do, because I have lots of things. This cool whispering, whistling? <laughs> Whispering. This bracelet. Is it a bracelet? The antler thing. So you hand over. It's a bracelet uh, that you found that was called Wisteria's antlers. Oh, Wisteria. Oh yeah. yeah. And you, he pops it on the scale. He's like, Oh, okay. Here we go. This one is uh, actually something that I can do something with. Uh, it says it makes you better at dealing with animals. Uh, off uh, the uh, the item description is it's a plus two to animal handling checks. Ah, that's quite cool. If you want to sell this to me, I give you four hundred gold. Hmm. 100 gold each, or one of us can speak to animals. It's not a speak to animals, it's just oh, plus, plus two to animal handling plus checks. Two. Well, I can already speak to animals. Uh, I've done it before, it was extremely strange, but I can do it. So, does anybody else want to be able to chat to a cat with me? Or is that correct? Is that what that does? Uh, no, so that's it's more for like taming things. Oh. I don't think it will like let you speak the language of animals, but it probably is better for getting to like you. Oh. So like farm animals that might... Well, any animals really. Jaguars? Yes, yes farm animals, but also other types. <laughs> T-Rexes? I mean, sure. Centipedes? I mean, sure. I, don't, I don't need it. Does anybody else I don't need really it? need it. I'm fine. 
Uh, I would like to sell it. Cool, 400 gold. Here you go. <laughs> Thanks. Cool, so you guys get an extra 100 each. <laughs> All right, who wants to buy something? Uh, I would like to buy the 150 gold leaf powder. Oh, right down from the bargain bin? Right down from the gar bar no. gargan bin. Gargan bin. Gargan bin. Gargan bin. Okay. <laughs> so, a black tin labelled leaf containing a small white pouch made of porous fabric. Yes. A bluish dust puffs through the pouch when shaken. If the dust is inhaled, the victim saves for intelligence against a DC of 15. On a failed save, the victim forgets everything that happened in the last 24 hours. Yes. Oh, that's exactly the same as another new item that I've got. But that one isn't, um, it doesn't have a DC check, it just, it just does it. Yeah, so there's also the forget me stick, which if you hit an unconscious person with the stick, it will cause them to lose their memory <laughs> in the previous 24 hours. Okay. So I'll grab so the leaf powder. You um, want the leaf powder? Is there anything else that you want? Yes, I would also like, uh, I want to get the alchemy jug, but it's too expensive. Oh, too bad somebody couldn't make that for you. Mm, that's true, <laughs> that's true. I suppose so, I suppose so. I want the smuggler's shoes, please. A pair of shoes that, when attuned to, will allow the user to disguise their footprints or tracks with that of any animal they've seen. Cool, yeah, I think that's 650 gold. 650 gold. The leaf powder is uh, 150 gold, uh, so that comes to 800 total. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Nope, that's all from me. Cool. Um, can Flynnvar also get two potions of healing? Yeah, sure. Um, do I have them on this list? Yeah. So they're 75 gold each, single use, uh, 1d8 plus 2 healing. Yep, you can get two of those. That's totally fine. So 75 plus 75, 150. Is there anything else that you'd like to buy? Oh, I got the, bra oh, the braces of um, sick breaths. So. Oh. <laughs> cool, so that's 1400 as well. So that's uh, 1550. Frankie. Frankie walks up and he's got like several things. So he's gonna get the extra bone, oh, an extra bone. Uh, the book of book eating. You can open the book up, lay another printed material inside, and close the book. The printed material disappears, but whatever was written on it can later be read in the magic book if you ask nicely. <laughs> cool, so that's 900 for the book of book eating, uh, 1000 for the extra bone, that's 1900 so far. And uh, he's also gonna get the orb of advice. So it's a crystal ball made mostly of obsidian, might just be a magic eight ball, may or may <laughs> not contain a gin, whispers, cryptic, and non-useful advice when shook. That's in the bargain bin, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, it is. Cool. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so that is uh, 2,050 gold. Okay, and then Frankie's also gonna be like, hey Murph, Murph, come here. Come oh, here. what do you got for me? Is this, is this my first uh, supply item? It is. What are we doing? I've made you <laughs> eyes of charming. Oh, this is interesting. And he takes them and he puts them on the uh, scales of identify. And he takes a minute and he's like, oh, ho, ho, okay. This is interesting. Uh, do you want cash or do you want discount? Discount. How would you feel about 450? You know what? Deal, because I know business and money. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, so that brings you down to 1,600 gold in total. Nice. Cool. And Frankie winks because he's trying to be charming, but he doesn't know how. Cool. Make sure you copy-paste these items over to your inventory. And last but not least, my young, handsome friend, Idafer. Your horns are looking great today, my dude. Thank you, Murphy, my dude. <laughs> this whistle of bird sounds really interesting. Uh, plus 10 on animal handling checks when attempting to command birds. One times use per day. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's literally once per day you can have a really good role at trying to tell birds what to do. That sounds awesome to me. 
because I uh, like to control things. So I'm gonna buy that. Cool, it's 900 gold for Whistle of Bird. And I also just wanna grab four potions of healing. Cool, uh, that would be 300 gold. Yeah. <laughs> you go down a lot, it's probably a good idea to have a few of those around. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you would like to buy today? Um, at this time, no. Okay. Well, my friends, as usual, it has been a pleasure doing business with you. Please enjoy your bric-a-brac and <laughs> various magical eccentricities. Now, there was one other thing that we need to talk about. I have a deal that I've been meaning to seek out. It's a contact that could open up an electrum trade into the city. There is currently, as far as I know, no way to buy electrum mm. here. It all comes in, it's like smuggled in, people steal it from each other, but there's no way for me to get my hands on it, you know, gold for goods type of thing. So, I haven't had the time or the muscle uh, to go and actually meet with this guy, but if you guys are interested, how would you like to accompany me to the hives? Oh, yeah. that sounds awesome. What's our take on this uh, sales contract? We can talk about that. Mm. Karen? Oh, well, I haven't been back to the hives in a, in a very long time. Are you from there? Do you have a summer home? <laughs> a cave home? Well, here's the thing. I mostly just wanted, I mostly just wanted Flynn because he's a good deal maker. He's a great salesman. But the rest of you might come in handy too. You all have your skills. You guys uh, <sighs> got any vacation days saved up? I mean, yes. Yes, of course. It may take a while to get this done, but if we're successful, you can come to me to buy your electric. That does sound pretty sweet. Mm, yes. Frankie says opening up his homemade peanut brittle, completely forgetting that it's <laughs> snakes again. <laughs> I, I whispered to Karen, like, Karen, you'll be fine, right? Um, Murphy, uh, what's, what's the name of this, sir? What's the family name of this one? Uh, his name's uh, Asus Diamond Heart. Oh, the Diamond Hearts, yes, yes. Shine. Uh, do you think we'll go anywhere near the Gold Seekers? Well, uh, to, look, to get there, I have to go to the Forge uh, and then underground from there. It's just that I don't really want to see my mother again. Well, do you think uh. you could just not see her? You could just close your eyes. We could use the disguise self Frank spell. Frank is no point. She has a way of finding out. Is she a good cook? Um, no. Look, I, I've never been to the hives before. It actually would be really helpful to have someone who you know, knows their way around, maybe has a couple of contacts. As I understand, you being a stonecutter is probably both a help and a liability, so. <laughs> well, Murphy, I mean, I was the one who asked you about the Electrum. I am the one who grew up there. I just, my mother was supposed to be a queen oh. and I ruined that for her. So going back to the hives might be a bit more problematic than you think. Oh, um, I do still have to go there though. So, I mean, you don't have to come. No, this could be a great time to, to fix the relationship. Oh, oh well. Did she like paper? No. Oh. She likes gold. Oh. It's in the name, Gold Seeker. Is that your maiden name? Yes. That's pretty cool. It's not. Oh. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. One thing you have to understand about the hives, uh, Murphy, is that, well, 
you have a head for business and a head for work. I like to think so. Mm. You haven't seen anything yet. Nobody works like a hive dwarf does, and uh, it's been the death of them. That sounds cryptic. Some of us like he's this is ticking over in his head, and he's kind of getting excited. He's like, Karen, what if we go on official business and have a commission for your mother's family? Um, because in the paper mill, right, they smash down the paper. We need good stone, mortars, paper mortars. I might just drag boom, 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 Flynn boom, 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 back because I feel like you're just making <laughs> the situation a bit more confusing. <laughs> we can get her money, right? Oh, the dwarves and the hives don't care about money. You just said the only thing they care about is work. Uh, more work then. So you all agree, some of you, some of you kind of reluctantly, uh, to accompany Murphy south to the hives and to meet his contact. Um, he's not yet sure when you're going to leave, so for now with low electrum stocks and nothing pressing on your plate, it's time to head home and let things get back to normal. As you leave and you walk off together, feeling the last days of summer, trying to keep up the warmth you've gotten used to, we drift back a little, not far, just to the bushes across from Murphy's Honest Goods. The same bushes that an enormous goose once burst out of with murder on its mind. A person is sitting in these bushes, watching. They adjust the goggles they're wearing and hold their focus on the four of you walking side by side back towards your homes. A malicious grin spreads across the face of this person as they pull out a notebook and start writing. Only three words. I found them. Okay, uh, looks like they're gone. Couldn't have left me a pastry, whatever. I'm only in charge of securing your freedom. Verona Victory here, Yamiya City Defense Attorney. Thank you for listening to the show. And for the love of the gone, if you are arrested for murder, please do not admit it out loud in front of someone who is sure to be involved in that case. This is day one stuff, people.